2: In that case, I pronounce
0: you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Lock Talk Radio. Man, I'm so, I'm so hype right now. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs>
2: RSG, Renegade
1: Radio, where real guys, talk real sports,
0: allow me to introduce the illustrious three-man booth, I want winners, what's your name, boy,
1: watch the game changes,
0: what's your name, boy, zero,
1: zero, zero, zero.
0: now, ladies and gentlemen, T-O-T, sports, T-H-E,
2: nowhere
3: Ray. They are who
2: we thought they were We need more to RSG, renegade radio The footage is about to open, on to open
0: Everybody has an opinion The man must have a code We're taking
1: RSG to the next level
3: Hello, you play to win the game
0: could gripe about Mike's game, but I don't see shooting percentage then he's being in. I mean, I'm not griping the third
2: overall player on my list.
3: He's <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it on Nintendo. <laughs> it's provocative. It's real making you know.
1: We're not gonna make it. You need to move more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. I look
2: good. I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog.
3: Can't wait. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker?
1: This is D Mills coming down. How y'all doing, fellas? Y'all seem like y'all. I was out there. I was talking and swinging. You know, I am playing this point guard position. And I was swinging. I thought I was shooting, and I was really uh, coming off the screen the wrong way, uh, talking to myself <laughs> in my own little corner. But this is D. Will. You know, we have a game changer. Your game changer sets the floor, and we went with the big point guard today. You know, I'm 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 a, I'm a low post scorer, and uh, we wanted to go old, uh, kind of uh, uh, we wanted to go old Milwaukee Bucks big guard style. Uh, but I lost my way down the court a little bit. But we want to welcome everybody to another edition of Real Sports, guys. We got a special treat tonight. Uh, Game changer is on assignment, uh, but we are—we uh, feel like we have a full table. Uh, we kind of have, you know, because I was talking about the uh, the Bucks. We kind of have our own version of Ricky Pierce. He comes—he he comes off the bench. He can start. He just kind of does it all. His name is Phil T. PhD, and I just want to know how you're doing, brother.
2: I'm doing good, but you know I. I thought I was firmly entrenched into the starting lineup. I really did. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, it's like I'm reading a quote from the coach, <laughs> you know, in the paper, and the coach is talking about my new role. And I, you know, I'm learning about my new role. You know, talking
3: about I'm Ricky Pierce. You know? <laughs> I, I meant to I'm say like that I would the be the my lineup.
1: I, I meant to say you were city mine creek. My fault. My fault. Yeah, messed
2: restaurant, and just Wally pit me. You know, I missed a week.
3: Goodness. <laughs> I,
1: I meant to. I, I meant to say our special guest today is like Ricky Pierce because he loads it up.
3: You Thank put him in the
1: lineup. He go. He go, He go. He go be. He go like the microwave. You know, like microwave in Portland when Portland thought they was taking it home and microwave just went off. And uh, yeah, he, this is this is this is one of those nights where we just gonna hit it on all cylinders. You know, we have got the man, the Mr. The legend, y- y- the Twitter, the Twitter uh, 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 antagonist, the the person that just makes it happen on all aspects of social media. Justin Page, how you doing, brother?
0: Oh man, I'm doing great, fellas, and I'm glad to play any role y'all need me. Bench role, six man starter, I'm here for you guys. I'm just glad to be a part of the team, you know.
1: Well, it, it's going to be a special night, and, you know, we got some, some good stuff going on uh, here uh, tonight, so uh, I'm going to go with the intro to let you know. Uh, we're going to do our NFL Week 11, uh, week 11 recap, uh, you know, I, like we like to do. We like to, each week we want to get a sense of what new intel we have, like what do we learn new from this week that kind of captures it. Um, we also want to get into impressive performers, uh, that are uh, important. And then as we go to week 12, we want we got six in the chamber. You know, we want to try to get our picks. We're going to uh, talk about that. You know, Game Changers are normally, uh, he's the one that, uh, and I don't know why we did this, but he's the one that kind of tallies where we are here on the picks. And so when he comes back, we'll, we'll let him kind of update. I just know I'm dominating, but we don't know how by, by how much. Uh, so, uh, you know, Vegas has started to give me a call. Uh, I might be doing something <laughs> out there. Uh, but we're going to do that. Um, and then we got some interesting stuff as we move to the back half of the show uh, to talk about, you know, famous Jameis uh, and what's happening with him um, and, you know, in terms of his Heisman standing and, and all of this stuff that's happening around his situation down in Tallahassee. Uh, and then we're going to get some NBA talk, you know, definitely with Justin in the house. Uh, we want to talk about some of the things that are emerging here recently in the NBA. And then, you know, we always uh, end up with our um, RSD, uh dog of the week. So we got a lot. We got a lot on the table. Uh, we're going to get right into it. New intel, fellas. Uh, Phil T., you know, because I I I, I had you kind of on this recovery plan coming off the bench when you knew you should have had them starting minutes, you like Kobe, I'm, I'm ready to start soon. Um, I, I just mishandled it, you know, but like every great coach and point guard, you know when to you get your start of ball.
2: Yeah, felt like Alex Smith last year. Messed around just <laughs> a few weeks with a concussion and come back, and I no longer have a spot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> for me to do intel, speaking of Alex Smith, was the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs game and the Bronco game. I thought that was an excellent game with two very good football teams. And to me, even though they lost the game, the Chiefs are for real. And unfortunately, for some reason, their their 9-0 start was not enough for me to know that they were for real. But seeing how well they played against what I feel is the best offense in the league, you know, I thought they held their own. And I'm looking forward to this matchup in two weeks. So, So to me, the new intel is that, the Chiefs are for real, and then on the other side of the ball, the Broncos seem to do a really good job of keeping Peyton Manning clean. The last few weeks with issues with his ankles, getting sacked, getting getting knocked down, that just was not a concern um, this past Sunday night. And so I liked what the Denver Broncos did in terms of showing more balance, running the ball consistently. Monte Ball had two touchdown runs. Um, Moreno ran the ball very well. And so we saw that they can be explosive, but they can also slow it down and grind it down, not just for that last possession of the game, but throughout the game. So so that's a new intel for me.
1: Let let me use a follow-up question with you. The the big question with Alex Smith and really with um, Kansas City is their ability to play from behind, you know, not having – this, this kind of this quick strike, the ability to come from behind, and you know in a playoff game you might find yourself down. Do you buy into that?
2: I feel that once you get into the playoffs, a typical playoff game, you're not gonna be behind by more than two possessions ever typically in a competitive game so so to me that's not a huge concern. It's almost looking at the bulls you know Michael Jordan's Bulls and and picking apart why they don't have strong low post scoring. Uh well, <laughs> considering everything else they have, that's just not a huge concern for me. So I'm not overly concerned about that. I think it's a valid concern, but when you think about the 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 trend and the speed and and just the normal flow of a playoff game, most games you're not going to be down by more than two possessions.
1: Okay, that's, that's valid, Justin. Now I know you—you you know you're, you're a Falcon fan, and we, we really want to talk about the new intel on. That. But, <sighs> but 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 but, but what, what have you been witnessing in terms of this week eleven in terms of your new intel?
0: Well, well, I'll start by saying while, while all Phil's T's points were were valid, I, I disagree that the, the Kansas City Heat, the Kansas City Chiefs, being for real is new intel. Anytime you're 9-0 and 0 in the National Football League, we all know how hard wins are to come by. So if you're 9-0, and 0, you're for real. Regardless of who you played, who you beat, you know, you're for real. So they've been for real. So that's not new. While it was a great point, PT, they've been for real, and they're going right. to continue to be for real throughout the remainder of this, this year's season. Now, what I noticed is my Falcons continue to stink, which which I'm, I'm extremely disappointed about. Yeah, we've been plagued with injuries. However, next man up, kind of like the New England Patriots. There's no excuses. So while they continue to stink, another division rival uh, that I got new intel on was last night. These Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton's growth, to me, Cam Newton solidified himself as yeah. being, better, being better than Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, uh, 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 RG3, and all these – new-age Golden Boy quarterbacks who came into fruition last season. I like, I like what Cam, <clears throat> Cam is playing within the offense. He's not, he's not uh, doing more than the coach is asking him to do. He's running the ball only when necessary. And the brother on third down is unstoppable, whether it's the short screen pass to Steve Smith, whether he goes down the middle to, to Greg Olson. The brother's got some skills, and he's progressed over these three years. Yeah, he hit a slight sophomore slump last year, but I think Cam Newton showed last night that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and that's the new intel I'm bringing to the table.
1: And and I I would add with that that um, part of it had to do with um, the transition of the personnel. I think part of what's helping with that is they (laughs) – and I know Phil's going to struggle with this with D'Angelo Williams, but – but they, 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 they invested enough in that running game that they figured out somebody's going to help, somebody's going to run the football. Right. And they, they became a little bit more balanced. But I love, I love what uh, they said about him last night on the air that, you know, part of being great, and I think we learn from people like Brady and, and, um, uh, and people uh, uh, like Manning, is that they master the mundane. That half of their greatness is they don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> they take what they see, and they let people make plays, and they don't. And um, Steve Young said that a lot about what you can see uh, with Cam is that Cam has gotten to a point where he's not looking for the spectacular. He's leveraging the offense, and then he's he's running when he needs to run. But you can tell it's, he's thinking it all through. But he's he, he's 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 okay with the simple play like the hitch, and so. Um, I, I agree with you. That was actually one of mine. That that you know people had a lot of questions about Carolina. My other thing, I think the one I will add into this is that uh, the new intel I learned because I was at the uh, Chicago Bears game is that they need to work on their security and evalu- uh, evacuation plan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what,
1: I, what I what I learned about the uh, Soldier Field is that the renovation was really about money and and. and. What really about how we flow people in and out? I was at the highest point you could be in that stadium trying to get out. I just made out. It was one of the nerve-wracking experiences I've a, I've had uh, in, in a while at a sporting event. Um, uh, but uh, you know, uh, I've been in stadiums where they've had evacuation plans. But I, I, I now the intel is I, I understand how important having a good evacuation plans and paying attention to weather reports uh, and your wife. When they tell you to get a poncho, all that stuff is very
3: important you. When you look at it. <laughs>
1: the other thing that I, 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 I learned, and, and Justin, I'm going to say this because I think both of, both of us have struggled this year with our teams. Uh, I learned that Bill, uh, that uh, Ben Roethlisberger has a pulse because he, was, for a while there, he was making me. They pushed him against the wall last week, question his loyalty and he came out battling. If you look at the Steelers, what are they, what, four and six or whatever that is, uh, kind of backing things. Um, he, you know, I was just, I thought, I was real nervous about Ben going south You uh, know, and that whole organization going south just because I, I didn't know how Ben was going to come out of his criticism, uh, but he stood up a little bit. Um, and a lot of times at this point in the season, it's just not about the teams like Seattle and some of these teams who are obvious Making a charge for the Super Bowl, but it's also about some of these teams. Who not, their performance in the back end is just not about this season. It's about what the direction their or organization is going in. Like this is real critical. This is a great way of seeing. Okay, what kind of organizations uh, have a solid foundation? Because teams like Atlanta, who expected to win the Steelers, some of these teams who are just not finding what they thought they were going to do. You know, do they have the right people in the locker room to lead them farther ahead? And, and some of these games here, in the, in of the part of their schedule going down the stretch, are going to say a lot about those organizations.
0: Can I, can I piggyback oh. on that real quick? Yes, yeah, go ahead. You know, I love the Glenn Roethlisberger point, but in addition to Cam Newton and the Falcons thinking, my new intel is Detroit is who we thought they were. Every time we expect something positive from Detroit, the game that they're supposed to win when they have expectations, how often is it? Come on now, PT, you grew up in Michigan. uh, I know you were close in the Midwest. These boys let you down every single time.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, were they not supposed to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers?
3: They They are who they been,
0: And as long as they're under Jim Schwartz, they're not going to give us much.
1: And, and I said this last year. See, the, guy, the guys got on me, and I said, look, and you know, we all from, we got some Michigan, Lewis, we all from Michigan. And we look at that, and people used to ask me, why not, well, aren't you a Lions fan? And I, I always used to say, name a, a, coach, a person who's coached the Lions and gone to coach another team. And, and <laughs> Detroit's got a great organization. <laughs> and and I always hear silence in crickets. The only person who kind of comes close but it's, it's kind of a loophole is Dick Geron because he kind of coached the last couple of games of the season before he went to Buffalo. That doesn't really count. So, so, you know, deep, deep are frustrated with the Lions because it's like it feels like it's the one organization in southeastern Michigan <laughs> that just has to pull it together. And it's from the neck up. It's like they have no leadership in the locker room. I, I agree with you, sports. I just – he surprises me because he seems like a guy who should get it. He just doesn't. Um, yeah, they are disappointing because it's from the neck up. It's not about talent on either side of the ball. There's no way in the world this team should be where they're at. I agree. We, we've all learned that intel uh, about that. As you guys think about impressive performers uh, for the week, uh, Justin, let me, let me go to you and, and think about who you have as your impressive performers.
0: Well, I got one, and it, 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 it's kind of bittersweet for me because <laughs> me, me having this guy on my bench in fantasy football officially eliminated me from the playoffs.
2: Oh, mercy.
0: I, I lost by four, and I sat the one and only Mr. Floyd with Arizona. Wow. The brother had six receptions, 193 yards, and a touchdown. The second longest touchdown pass in Arizona Cardinal history after he shook off a few tackles. You know, six receptions is not anything extraordinary, but the 193 yards from a number two guy is. And to me, he was the big play performer of last week. I could have gone obvious with Calvin Johnson with his touchdowns and you know Shady McCoy with his touchdowns and his yardage, but I'm going with a guy that no, he's not on anybody's radar. He's a number two guy, not a Pro Bowler who really stepped up and made Arizona look like a look like a real uh, franchise last week. I'm going Michael Floyd.
3: Yeah,
1: getting ready. that's a good choice, Phil T. I'm
2: going obvious with Calvin Johnson, six catches, 193 yards.
3: Enough said.
1: You're you going to find a way, after all we said, it's <laughs> your pick. you going to find right. a way. Still rate Calvin Johnson and the Lions back there.
2: I man, tell you what, man. I, I mean, Justin touched on it earlier. Growing up as a Lions fan, I, I'm just happy to have this dude. I want to do my part to show him that he's appreciated.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, you know this man says
3: Herman Moore. Very <laughs> famous, know. man. I
1: mean, he this, this yeah. dude is on very famous level. Yeah, I, I I feel you. I I've been riding him hard, you know, and I, I'm with you. I had to. I'm I've been riding him hard, and this might be the only week I can talk about him is Ben Robertsburg. You know, he had what 367 yards, uh, four touchdowns. Uh, you know, kind of put it together against a guy like Stafford, who's just been in, 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 in Calvin and Calvin in that office has just been killing folks. Um, he did his things. It might be the only time I can do it, so I'm gonna take my chance to get him uh, while he got the W. So uh, those those are our, uh, our performers of the week. There's been some great performances. Um, if you have a chance, it's the Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys.com. Uh, please uh, try to find us on uh, Facebook. Let us know what your performance are. Uh, we also have um, uh, Twitter. Uh, you can get us at Real Sports Guys on Twitter. Um, and let us know about your uh, top performance for the week and, and your new intel that you think we'd love to share that we're on there heavy. Uh, hit Justin up. Justin, hit him with your Twitter handle.
2: Give him a moment. He'll hit you right, right back.
1: All right. He's back. He, he's, on, he's, on, he's on a, on a mission.
2: Well, you know, one
1: of the things that we're going to try and do here uh, pretty quickly is uh, the six in the chamber. This has been great, you know, Phil T, and it would be a chance to really celebrate him um, in a way that is uh, 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 very special because he had an undefeated week, much like mine, because uh, I think I went undefeated. Uh, but I do want to give him space and time to kind of reflect and kinda of talk about how he feel he felt about doing it. Because we developed a reputation. See that's what we do underground. The word's gotta get out that we know what we're talking about. So I wanna give you space and time to gloat a little bit about having a sweep in, in your picks.
2: Thanks for the recognition. Let's keep it moving. Humble. <laughs> Look at you, uh, You killing me! You killing me! You killing, killing me! Oh yeah, trust me, trust me. I will have my glow time come fantasy football playoffs, okay? Yeah, uh, you,
1: you see, you see what I'm doing. I'm making comebacks. I just knocked off number one, and I was talking I, to him while I did it. So don't don't mess with me now. I'm about to make one of these old uh, giants run with straight hands. And, and if well, I get I the playoffs, don't. That. Yeah, let me, I appreciate let me know that. Cause that put
2: me that put me in first place. I appreciate that. Now, for a moment, Devon, you, you know, you were looking very questionable, very, very questionable. Um, yeah, it, it was not a good look for you. Well, uh, you know,
1: part of my problem is, you know, um, I don't have a lot of bandwidth these days with some of the things I'm doing, and I I realize I may have bitten off more. And I. Usually I, you and I have these counseling sessions in private, uh, but we can't bring <laughs> listeners in. Uh, to our lives a little bit so just to understand the relationship we've developed over the years. But I realized that I just I couldn't quite do it. But then I got serious because people started talking all that junk. Now, in one league, I'm in first. I think first or second, I'm, you know, 7-3, 7-2. I'm doing my thing. But it was just in the leagues that we talk a lot of junk, I was not doing my thing. And I needed to lift my game up a little bit. And so, yeah, I let, I let, number one, I let Mo know uh, that it wasn't going down. He was at the game with me, drenched. But, I, you know, I was talking junk to him in them tight quarters while we was out there at the concourse, you know, letting him know, you know, don't need to check your phone, you know. Manny's not going to help you
3: because <laughs> I'm
1: beating you down today. He's like, where would you get this guy? I had Clay out there playing tight end, got me 15 points. Great pick, tight end for Miami. You know, uh, they, they, like to, they like to run him on the goal line. Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing out, I'm bringing out. I had to go back into the lab. So I mean, you run a, you run these regression analysis. See, people don't know that. You know, we don't call you PhD for nothing. You know, you analyze the numbers. You sent me a trade. Uh, you sent me a trade. I had to, I had to run uh, regression analysis. I had to run uh, other kinds of statistical kind of thing to figure out whether or not I was – I couldn't just do the evaluate. But I knew you went beyond that. You loaded the numbers into something else. And I had to yeah, figure trade, out what you were trying to do.
2: That trade proposal I sent you. It expired in like 18 minutes. Yeah. Another move, like another trade I put out there was accepted. It, yeah. It was uh, – yeah. But okay. I learned from your
1: strategy. I learned from your strategy. I said, okay, that's how it done <laughs> See, that's what people don't understand. I may have lost, but I won because I, I, I got some insight into how the top performers operate. So I'm about to add that to my mix. See, that that's how I've been successful that, I you know, I, 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 don't, I pay attention to those kind of details. I was like, okay, that's his delivery system. That's how he proposes a trade. That's a little bit different than most people do, you know. And so I learned from him. I don't think I didn't. <laughs> you you across right. kinda kinda savvy on that, man. Kinda savvy on that. Well, we're gonna try and jump into uh kind of this six in the chain. Uh and uh yeah, we'll we'll get updated on our, our on our picks. But we got some good games here. Um and uh before we do our picks, the way we might run this a little bit, uh uh, PhD is uh, just maybe, maybe before you make your picks, just, just maybe think about um, some, of the, some of the keys with some of these teams where you kind of think they are, and then maybe make the pick a little bit, because sometimes we just make the pick. Uh, right. And we can flow back and forth. You don't have to get too much in detail. We'll, we'll go back and forth on this. But I just think there are some, some opportunities for us to maybe dig deep, because some of these teams that we have on the list are in pretty precarious positions. They're interesting. Some of these teams we have on the list are some of the teams I talked about before that it's not just about making the playoffs, but for some of these teams it's about the direction of their organization. Um, And so if we take the first game like Dallas against the Giants, (laughs) you know, these are two teams that it's not really even in question around, you know, it's it's questions about the direction of their organization. You um, You know, in some ways the winner of this is not just about, you know, where they position themselves going down the stretch. But it has a lot to do about how people are going to feel about where they're going and whether or not they need to be making some major changes. Um, as you look at this game, how do you how do you feel about that uh, as you, you think about the pick
2: you're going to make? Yeah, so that one said the Giants. I think the Giants are much improved with Andre Brown coming back a few weeks ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And – I really like the Giants. You know, I picked them last week to beat the Packers and normally I would I would have them beating Dallas, but I'm gonna take Dallas who's an underdog here on the road because <laughs> Jerry Jones has has been singing at the top of the mountain top saying that, um, they're gonna find ways to get Dez Bryant to ball. So I think Des is is up for a huge, a huge, a huge night. And so I'm
1: going to go with Dallas in this. Oh, man. I mean, you made some great points. Um, wow. And this may be a key game in our little run we're trying to have here. I, you know, I wonder, I told you that Dallas was going to win the, the, the NFC East, right? That's what I said at the beginning of the season.
3: Mm-hmm. And in a sense <laughs> – they actually
1: have to win this game um, uh, because um, uh, uh, you know one of the things that um, uh, he has to do that he, he actually have to um, you know they got to win this game. So I'm in order for my so the the key is do I worry about my prediction I made preseason or do I just take the data and the intel I have now? Right. My gut tells me. The Giants are going to win this. Just because you just said Jerry Jones is telling you what they're going to do.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jerry, I mean, Jerry, she's like the type of guy that would spend a billion dollars to buy a football team just so nobody could tell him to shut up. <laughs> he could talk what he want to.
1: <laughs> that, that's basically why he did it. It's so – I was actually going to go at Dallas until you told me that because it means it's going to be a great game, but down the stretch, Romo is going to try and get it to Dez and he's going to get intercepted. Romo is best when you just let him flow. But if, if you're going to put kind of pressure on him that you have to get the ball to Dez Bryant, mistakes are going to happen. And the other thing about the Giants is I think you just hit on this. Where Eli plays best and when they've put games together is when they've established a running game and they finally found a way to start to run the football. And I think Eli plays well off of that. And I think if this were in Dallas, I would go with Dallas. But I think because it's, you know, um, at home for the Giants, I'm going with the Giants. We, We got Justin back in the house a little bit here. Justin, Dallas against the Giants, how do you feel about this game?
0: Well, I, I've been back in the house for a little bit. I feel slightly froze out, but I ain't complaining because I'm doing whatever the coach wants, you know. Just so you know, I heard you. I want everybody to know Twitter handle RSG Justin Page or Justin Page 80. Follow me. <laughs> Dallas and New York. I'll tell you, man. Both of these teams stink. I don't know if they could beat Kalamazoo Central High School on a good day. Uh, uh, D- Dallas is like the Detroit Lions of the South. The, every time you expect something from them, they don't give it to you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the Giants have been just awful, god awful this, this this entire season. I don't know if Eli Manning deserves his last name right about now. With all that <laughs> said, I got to go New York Giants. They're at home. Uh, Dallas they, they they can't put together any momentum. Every just like the points you guys made, he's going to try to feed Des too much, and New York mm-hmm. knows. Tony Romo's tendencies. Everybody knows division rivals and their plays and how they try to try to establish certain aspects of their advantages. And I think that they're going to overdo Dez. I think Tony's going to throw a couple picks. I think it's going to be close. I think Dallas is going to be up come fourth quarter, and then Tony Ono is going to do what Tony Ono is famous for. And he's going to throw that pick, and it's going to be a wrap. And my money's on the New York football giants.
1: He called him Tony Odo. See, that's that's almost as bad as what I said uh, Peyton is the best regular season quarterback ever. Now we got <laughs> Tony Odo. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love. It. I was going to be saying that as I'm watching the game That you you hit it right on the head. You know, and and, and for Jerry to put this added pressure on him to get the ball to Des Bryant is ridiculous. Stop coaching. You have nothing on your on your on your credential that said you are a coach, so now you trying to coach? I, I mean, they just killed me there. But he's a genius because he's still making money. I understand. It. I understand it. Uh, the next game is really gonna be the marquee game of the weekend um, of this week, and uh, it's Denver at New England. Now, Tom Brady. Had to, he said some choice words to the referee as he was going out last night. Look on his face. I, I don't know if you hit me on Twitter. Uh, Belichick had the best line uh, uh, that he said something about, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, uh, you know they, they did this to us before, they did it to us, and I guess this is how we do it, basically. Uh, he has some just his, – his, his, his press conferences are just painful to watch. It is almost like the reporters are scared to ask the question. He's actually pretty masterful. He's basically controlled that whole situation. Like, they don't want to ask him anything. Then so you got Denver. They had, the, they had the showdown. And, you know, Peyton was questionable. And they came out on the other side. A guy, uh, Ball, is uh, from Wisconsin. badges up. Uh, did his little thing. Started to figure out he's trying to, he's trying to they they bringing him into the office a little bit. Um, this is going to be a good game, but it's at New England. It's paid on the road. Let's go, Justin. What do you What do you think? What do you think about this game? What and who Who would you go with?
0: Well, first off, I'm going to start it off. Make it real easy. I'm going New England here. I rarely bet, I rarely bet against the great Mister Tom Brady. I, I think Tom was bamboozled last night on that pass <laughs> interference call, so I think he's going to come out. Fast and furious. I think he's going to put up Peyton Manning-like numbers come first half just to prove a point. I think this game has tremendous playoff implications, and I don't know that Denver is actually who we think they are. I know that their their offense is stout with Peyton Manning, but that ankle is still questionable. Think about this. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't get a single hit on that man for three and a half hours of football. Damn it, 4 hours.
3: Mm-hmm. I think
0: New England is going to send all kinds of pressure which Brady us- uh, with the- which Manning usually capitalizes on, but on a bad ankle and a couple of cheap shots that Belichick's going to purposely send Manning's way is going to have him thinking a little bit too much, and I think that's going to cause Peyton to make a couple unusual uncharacteristic mistakes. My money's on New England. Again, I don't see him losing two in a row. Uh, I see New England winning this division, or at least uh, competing for it, and and I don't know that Denver has enough in the tank to play three big games in a row, being Kansas City, New England, and then Kansas City again after that. Uh, My money is on New England. I I like the Patriots.
1: And I think that's a really good point you make. What's so crazy about this is that, I mean, when you look at Kansas City uh, uh, and Denver, you know, like you said, what they say, the second place team is going to fall to the fifth spot, and you know, so Denver wins at home against Kansas City. You're say they lose to New England, and then they got to go to Kansas City, right? And so they lose two in a row. They could be out of, the, they could be in the fifth spot in two weeks after coming off a great win. So this, like you said, the pressure goes up for three straight weeks, Justin. I think that's a great, great, great point. Um, Phil, talk to me a little bit about this game and how you feel. Where you are you going with it?
2: Yeah, Justin brought up some really solid points. Um, uh, I agree with all of them. I'm going with New England at home.
1: New England at home. Uh-oh. We're we, we, we feeling good about this. Uh-oh. Uh, 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 we feeling good about this. I think I hit it right in the head. I called this game when I saw Tom Brady walk through the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it, I had already made my. When I saw the post game press conference, I had already decided what this game was going to be. You just don't do them dirty, and then they're gonna come back home and take a loss to Denver. It just not on the. I just can't see a scenario where I want to bet against them. You know, they kind of ornery right now, pissed off, and you know uh, they don't like they don't like paying anyway, and so this is gonna be this is gonna be a a, a real. Uh, good game. Now we got the
2: Browns
1: and the Steelers.
2: Who did you go with, Devon? You went with New England? I, I'm going with New, New England.
1: Okay. I'm going with New England. Sorry about that. I think I thought I made my point when I said I saw it, but maybe I did. I got clarity. <laughs> For the clarity. I'm going with New England. I got to make sure we know that. I know you watch watching pretty close, PhD. You're not catching me, man. No, no, I know you're tallying stuff up. Um, you're uh, trying it. to figure out What's going on? You're running the math. (laughs) You're trying to come up with the angles. Uh, Not going to help you. Not going to help you, man. (laughs) Uh, Freshberg in Cleveland, the dog pound. This is like an old school kind of game. You've got uh, two teams who are four and six. You look at it within the conference, the Steelers are like three and four, Cleveland's three and four. Uh, th- this is, it's weird that both these teams somewhat are in the playoff hunt. and not, this is crazy. I mean, I, the fact, that I'm even talking about this right now. Uh, so the Steelers go to the Browns. Wow. I don't know what to say. I, I'm going I'm to go with this one first. I'm going with Pittsburgh because I was supposed to watch them against the Packers, and I'm hoping that that game means something. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go with the Steelers on this one because I think it was good for uh, Roethlisberger to come under that kind of scrutiny. I think it's gonna keep him focused. I think it was obvious that players rallied around him. Defense picked up a little bit uh, on some late, at least some interceptions on stuff. It was a great offense they were going against. Uh, But I think Roethlisberger's four touchdowns. Hopefully, that's something that is unleashing something against. A team in Cleveland that I think is really good, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm really taking a chance with this because Cleveland, is, I think, is a really good team at home, and so I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. So I'm gonna save you the last because you I, I, you are around the corner, and so right. Justin, let, let me let me uh, hit you a little bit. What do you
0: think about the Steeler and uh, Browns game? You may as well go to PT because I'm gonna be brief. This is an absolute snooze fest. Two teams that two teams that stink that they got absolutely no interest in. The the, the Steelers lucked up and beat the, the 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 Detroit Lions who were supposed to mollywop them off the field. And Cleveland, you know, yeah, they had a a, a, a bit of luck uh, by by trading away Trent Richardson and 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 just becoming of age since then, but I don't like either team, to be honest with you. They could tie 0-0 for all I care, but be, because we're on the show and we got to make a pick, I'm going to take my first away team, I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'll put them on a two-game winning streak only because I like Mike Tomlinson.
1: Wow. I appreciate that. and I, I would say that's not a bad evaluation of these teams, but I'll, I, you know, Phil I like Josh
0: Gordon don't get me wrong
1: Yeah I I I, I, I <laughs> there you go
0: Phil I like, I like well, Josh Gordon don't get me wrong but but he, he, I, I think I'm throwing it to him on Sunday You know I I got to go I got to go with uh Pittsburgh Big Ben uh, Mike Thompson, they've been there before hopefully they can bounce back
3: <laughs>
0: Go with it, Phil uh, what what do we
3: <laughs> I, uh, uh, I I don't know, know you, uh, uh,
2: What are you going to say? I will be in the dog pound for this game. And Uh, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I like like what Campbell's been doing. Last week he had a tough time, but the other two weeks that he started for the Browns, he's been very solid. And Pittsburgh is just not having their typical Pittsburgh year. They're not. They're having a tough time stopping people on the ground. They're having a tough time stopping people, period and I like the balance that Cleveland has shown in spurts. I agree it's not the sexiest game, like Justin mentioned, um, but I will take the home team, Browns. Hold on. Did you say Campbell? You like what he's doing? I think he's been solid.
0: <laughs> this guy's solid. quarterback rating is, is 35.9. <laughs> 35.9. He's barely completing fifty
3: five percent of his
0: passes with six touchdowns. The guy's thirty five point
3: nine.
2: Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned, if you take out what he did last week, he's been he's been fairly solid when you consider he's a third string quarterback. And he's been putting him in a position to win.
3: This is this is a
1: this is what happens when you put these kind of two teams under the lid. You just <laughs> gotta look for hope. You, try, you got Campbell. You try to look for hope. You looking for yeah. hope and opportunity. And you know, if Phil got to say Cleveland because he don't want to be in the dog pound. You know, folks might be listening in Cleveland about this. You know, <laughs> they might they might call him out up in the dog pound. They get a little harsh over there. So I, I, I had already, I already highlighted what I thought you were going to say before you even said it
3: uh,
1: <laughs> about it. But this is, this is what we, we used to call the pea soup bowl. It just, just looks nasty, but you got to take a sip of it just to
3: hope it do something for <laughs> so you. Throw it out.
1: <laughs> so we just, we just got honored. It was like Game to put this one on there just so he can sting me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he he's trying kind to of force me to talk about the Steelers. You know, this is his little jab while he's over there calling 20-second t- uh, uh, timeouts with the young lady.
2: Yeah, Jason That's Campbell, right. I mean, Jason Campbell's a guy, if you look at last year what Wheaton did with his touchdown interception ratio, if you take last game out of the mix uh, against the Bengals, he had went close to 100 pass attempts with no interception. I think it was around 90 or so. So when you have somebody that can manage the game, you know, and can keep the turnouts turnovers down, and you're planning as a team that's, you know, as bad as you are, <laughs> sorry, Devon, uh, you know, I think you got a shot yeah. to win. So, you you are who your record says you are, but and
1: that's and right. the biggest thing is like, you know, Cleveland's had a number of different management, you know, and it's, and i I finally feel like they are rounding into some identity because I couldn't figure out where they were going. They still have a lot of question marks, obviously, at the quarterback. They took a chance uh, with, with Weed because he was older and he thought they would try to catch something in the maturity. Um, so, they, they, I mean, they seem to have some other pieces around them, but, you know, you don't know where they're going to go at the quarterback position. Do they, they stick with this journeyman? Because uh, that's what you become right now. You know, Campbell is pretty much a journeyman. And so, but I don't know Justin. where they're going
0: Justin,
2: what do you say his quarterback rating is?
0: Uh, you know what? I miss His QBR yeah. is 35.9. His right. rating is 80. His yeah. rating is 80. His overall rate, but his QBR is 35.9. Yeah. But his rating <laughs> is 80. I miss, I'm looking at the stats right now, and I'm astonished that the guy is still in the league. Yeah,
2: I mean, a quarterback rating of 80, uh, given that you're playing for the Cleveland Browns and given your career is on its last – Last, last leg. is <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, it, you know, I'll take that.
3: Yeah, and and it's like
1: you know, uh, you know, and they're putting pieces together. I mean, I just yeah, yeah, Greg Little. I mean, you got some pieces, but no one's ever really just kind of. The defense impresses me from time to time. I mean, that's that's the part I like about them. The Steelers, you know. I'm gonna take what I can get with them, so I, I'm not gonna complain about it. I just welcome that I got something out of them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm going take what I can get with them. We have India against Arizona. Um, India against Arizona. Uh,
3: this
1: is I think this is part of what I was saying before about teams that um, have. There's a lot they're building, um, and it's these kind of games that. Both of them want to win um, uh, because they want to keep that momentum and keep building their programs. Uh, Phil, you know, give me a sense of how you feel about Indy. We you know we've know we got Luck. Luck is building his own little legend, um, his comebacks, his fourth quarter comebacks, his leadership. I mean, he's, he's growing, but then you've got this Arizona team uh, that's trying to get their lives together a little bit. Uh, how do you see this game playing out?
2: I like Arizona at home. <laughs> Believe it or not, Arizona is having a decent year. They're yep. they're six and four, which they have the same record as the Lions, <laughs> as the Bears, and mm-hmm. as the Forty ers So, uh, considering all that, I like them. They've been playing pretty well since um, Daryl Washington. Their heart and soul, their defense has gotten back. They won street three straight ball games. And when you look at their plus-minus over the course of the season, it's two. They've scored two more points than all their uh, opponents. So, you know, when I look at that, to me it shows that they've been in a lot of games and they just haven't been able to pull them through. So I like them against the Colts. The Colts have been a bit too inconsistent for me, especially since Reggie Wayne has went down. And as Justin mentioned earlier, You know, we don't know what they're going to get out of uh, Richardson right now. Donald Brown is a better running back for them right now, so so I'm taking Arizona.
3: Okay,
1: that's good. Great, great analysis. Great analysis, uh, Justin. What's your what's your uh, thoughts around that?
0: You know, this is a, a wild card game. You know, you got a seven and three Colts against the six and four Cardinals. Both teams have, you know, to some degree. A, a superstar in and, and Andrew Luck and, and Larry Fitzgerald. I really, really enjoy the the cornerback play from the Arizona Cardinals and Patrick Peterson and, and, and the one, the only, Honey Badger. So with them at home, all signs lead towards the Arizona Cardinals, given the injury to Reggie Wayne, the great Reggie Wayne, that is. But for some reason I got a hunch that that – the whole Chuck Pagano, the whole this is our year, I'm back, Andrew Luck, rah, rah. I'm going to go out on the limb and go to Indianapolis here. I got no real uh, uh, logical thoughts beyond That's it other than a hunch. That's right. You, you know, I got a hunch I'm going with uh, Indianapolis, although I like Arizona. I like what they're doing this year. I like Carson Palmer. But I got to go with Indianapolis. I, just, I believe in luck. I believe
1: in luck. So "I believe you believe in luck." Absolutely. You know, so, so I've been looking at this. So, you know, uh, they're what two and one, I think, against the uh, NFC West. I want to say. So they 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 got beat down uh, at home by St. Louis, right? Thirty-eight to eight in Indianapolis. Beat did. down. Uh, beat down. Uh, early on, they beat San Francisco. In, um they beat uh, Seattle.
3: Um, and then
1: I think about, you know, they um, uh, they barely beat Houston 27-24. They got beat down by St. Louis. Then they barely beat Tennessee 30-27. to And now they're coming in here and they're playing Arizona. In Arizona, it's a 4 o'clock game. Wow. So what I'm going to say is this. And I, I wouldn't go against Indianapolis but I'm gonna go with Arizona. I think that what I've what I've seen lately is some signs from Arizona. Um that I, and I know they need this victory and that, that NFC West has just been tough in their their defense and their physical. You know, I think um something's happening here with people uh in in Indianapolis and I I just think I think Arizona's probably going to uh, pull this out. I think Fitzgerald's going to make some big plays, uh, and uh, they're going to find a way to win this. This is going to be a good game. <laughs> I mean, other than I mean that St. Louis game, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, this is going to be a good game. Uh, this is going to be one good one to watch. It's the kind of game that doesn't get up on people's radar, but if you've know, you got Red Zone or you got got DirecTV and you got stuff to do, uh, this is one I would sit down and check out. There's going to be some hidden going on. All right, now we got the college games. You know, you know. We talk about people who get paid, and then we're going with these players who just got to do it, or they might be getting paid. You don't know, but I don't think they are. Uh, who are doing this for volunteering? No, they're not volunteering. But they're, they're scholarship players. And so <laughs> we got Arizona, we got Arizona State against UCLA. Man, UCLA has kind of been they 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 try to get something back out there. Uh, 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 out there in uh, uh, the Pasadena area um, trying to get together. Arizona State uh coming in, playing at UCLA. Uh, Phil T., how do you feel about that game?
2: I'm so fed up with Kyle football I will not spend more than 20 words out of my mouth on this segment. UCLA wins. <laughs> That's why you mad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hold on. Did I miss something? Tell us why You mad We got to do this. Come Seven on. Seven words on.
0: <laughs> Wow. PhD. Why you mad at college football, bro? <laughs> give
1: give give, give him something.
2: Give him something. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> So I'm so fed up with this B- this BCS. You know, fellas, I really tried to give yes. you 20 words, and you all would not let yeah. me. Okay? Yes.
3: But I'm so yeah. fed up let's, with this let's breathe. Yes.
2: I'm so yes. fed up with this BCS. Ohio State has not lost a game. And, again, I'm a Michigan, Michigan State fan. Okay? I'm in Ohio, but I'm not, you know, the, I'm not a huge Buckeye fan. But these cats have not lost a game in two years. And it's looking like right now that they're not going to have a chance to win a national championship. To me, and, and I don't care if this is Ohio State or Florida, whoever it is, to me that that's horrible. This is like back in the seventies, you know, where where the ten and 0 team, you know, Mississippi team played against the six and four team who won the S, the the SWC, okay, um, the Southwestern Conference. And because they they play in a cotton ball. and so we don't see who they you know who they should be playing, and and to me it's just so ridiculous. Now I know we're moving on to something else, but it just it just incenses me. It does. All right, that's that. It's Division One football. <laughs> <laughs> intermural's, brother. Go
3: play it's the vision. What's up, brother? I I feel you, man. I, I
1: listen to this stuff and I think you you right on it, Phil, and uh we we, we spent more time but I'm glad you could bring Justin up to speed, uh on this because I think that's very important. Justin, who are you, who are you how do you feel about this? Uh, well,
0: it's Here's very enlightening to see how passionate he is about it. I love the passion. Uh I do have my questions uh, about the BCS. <laughs> How, however, me being, as you guys would call it, the contrarian of the show, I must bring up the BCS ends up getting it right every year, and the national champion is typically the best team ever. Every time we, the BCS has given Ohio State a shot, they made the Big Ten look like they're high school or junior varsity. I think that year over year, more it times
2: national than –
0: when was that?
2: Uh, was that the yeah. game
0: that that McGahee's knee came out of out of socket and almost went to his neck?
2: Again, that was, uh,
0: that was just, over a decade. Uh, that was like a decade ago.
2: Yeah, just I'm not an Ohio State fan, okay? Um, but just just wanted to point out the obvious: they have won a national championship
0: <laughs> a decade ago. Which kudos yeah. to them for winning it. They're a great great uh, organization. Urban Meyer has brought some life back to them since the, the, the days of their scandals. However, the Big Ten has digressed year over year. I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm a Michigan State guy. I love NCAA football. I love everything about it. The only question I have is the BCS, so we're, we're kind of in agreement. However, if you look at the history of the BCS, yeah, they got it right with Ohio State when they beat Miami, but they've gotten it right year over year. Lately now this year is a bit of a conundrum, given that there's four undefeated teams yeah i can't I can't put Ohio State over three yeah. whole teams. You're only yeah. is with Ohio State not losing in two years. Baylor I think will wipe the floor with Ohio State the points they're putting up yeah. I, I i like I like winston yeah. ten I, I I like Winston ten times better than Braxton miller
3: and yeah. i
2: Justin, I'm not, yes. again, you, you can fill in Baylor with my whole statement about Ohio State. It's just the fact that a team can play out their schedule, win all their games, and they don't get a chance in national championship. So I'm not defending Ohio State, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you heard me that time. Um, it's just the structure of it that just burns me up, mm-hmm. that a team like Baylor, assuming they win their last two or three games, a team like Ohio State, they don't get a chance based on – a very subjective process. Well, Alabama's the best football team because of this. That stuff should be defended out on the field. Which we'll see next yeah. year. Which we'll see next year. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think, think Ohio uh,
0: State has trouble with Michigan State this year, and I think the Oklahoma State can beat Baylor, and I think it's going to end up Alabama-Florida State, and the system's going to get it right again. We just haven't quite got there yet.
1: However, yeah, but the I mean – but what but I, I want to add is that the perception of the, SC, the SEC is really the top heavy. It's really, I mean, it's really the top couple of teams. I mean, some of these other teams are garbage. And so it, it becomes this branding mechanism, you know, for how we do who, who's what and what based on what ESPN and all these other folks talk about. You know, Alabama is I, I, a, a quality program, and I, I love everything that, they're, that they, they've done here recently, um, and I'm not going to argue about that. But <clears throat> I think this is not a popularity contest. This is not about what happened three years ago. This is about, in, in this case, teams putting uh, wins together. And you only can play who you got in front of you. And so, you know, I agree. I think it's not what you put on the field, but – there's nothing in the Big Twelve that tells. I mean, there's nothing that tells me the quality about the Big Twelve that makes Baylor any stronger. Like, how do they all of a sudden get get to be a strong team? And I like Baylor, but there's nothing about Baylor in the Big Twelve that says that to me is better than the Big Ten. See, I, I mean, I, I just, that, that. just
3: that, who
0: who who in the Big Twelve? What are they doing? Let me tell you why I disagree with that. You say it, it, it's not like the NBA, the NFL, even. Well, college basketball got thrown out. It's not like the NBA or the NFL. You,
3: you do play
0: who they put in front of you, but that they in that, in that sentence is the team. Ohio State can, can schedule whoever they want out of conference. They, they have enough, they have enough uh, credibility. They can schedule who they want in the conference. They can play Michigan, Michigan State, all the top teams in the conference. And all they got to do is beat all those teams. Or uh, Baylor just just beat up on Oklahoma, which is, which is a solid ball club. Give Texas but you, but,
1: money. But, but, but you're talking about teams choking in the big game. Who's choked more than Oklahoma.
0: They have choked. They got beat, not, down. They beat down by that.
1: Boise State. So, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing
0: quality. with that. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. But this year they have not. We can't go on the path. This year, this no, year, but you did that with Ohio State. You, your whole argument with Ohio State was what they did in the past. And nobody's choked. No, no, no. My, my argument with Ohio, Ohio, State, State, Ohio State. I got cut off. My, my, my argument with Ohio State is, one, I don't think they're going to beat Michigan State this year. That's yet to be seen. Yeah. However yeah. – I don't think the quality of opponents that they played and beat, yes, they've won all their games. I give them credit for that. Way to go. Kudos. You should be undefeated right now. But, but if you look at the teams that Alabama and Florida State has played, they're, they're, they're far beyond better teams than what Ohio State has beaten, so you can't put Ohio State above either one of them. And you can only have two people in a championship game. Which, if that's the problem, I agree that, that there's some, some, some loopholes, and that's already fixed. We'll, we'll see next year how it all pans out.
1: But, but I'm saying people bring Baylor in. They start out with Wolford, Buffalo, uh, uh, Louisiana, Monroe, it West Virginia. They with. But, but I'm saying everybody's talking about Ohio State schedule. Those first three teams that Baylor's played, and throw throwing Kansas,
0: I mean, Iowa State's not killing you. I mean, you so, heard, so Buffalo, household. so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. so Buffalo, San Diego State, and Florida <laughs> A and M are Florida what I'm saying, saying but, but, but I'm,
1: saying, what I'm saying, everybody's argument against, Ohio, but see, they're not making the same argument against Baylor. They're not making the same argument against these other teams. They're making an the argument about Ohio State, and I'm saying, how can you make? It? I'm not saying that you can't I can't say I I not even brought Ohio State scheduling, but everybody criticizes Ohio State schedule. And then they say, well, Baylor this. And I'm saying, what? These first three weeks. You know, I would tell them you I, and would say I and I'm a, criticizing Ohio
0: State. And I'm
1: a Michigan guy, so I'm, a, I'm just going to play it right out there. But I, I, I'm a Michigan guy. But, you know, you just don't go undefeated in, in Division One football for almost two years and people question your quality.
0: Let me, let me tell you this and then we can probably move on because we didn't even answer the question, UCLA or Arizona State. But (laughs) I I don't think it's an indictment on Ohio State. I think it's more so an indictment on the Big Ten as a whole. Watching those games compared to other conferences, SEC, Big 12, even Pac-12, it it looks like the Big Ten is setting football back 20 years. They have not progressed. Their offenses do not put up the points that, that that the other uh, uh, divisions offense puts up, they don't run things that keep the audience intrigued. They're low scoring games nine times out of ten. They're defensive battles when we know defense doesn't get ratings. So because people don't watch, the perception is that they're they're less than. And oftentimes this year included when the Big Ten plays big games they don't necessarily come out on top, and that's the indictment on the Big Ten as a whole, which is why Ohio State doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore.
1: And I'll say this. I love Florida State, but Pittsburgh, Nevada, Bethune, Cookman, Wake Forest, Idaho, Clemson, Clemson on there.
3: That's
0: about it.
3: <laughs> Miami
0: here. But, 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 you, but, you, but, you, but
1: when you start talking about, I'm just saying that when we start to scrutinize schedules in, in systems, and I think this is what I think fills the point, is that when you have a system that has, doesn't have a, a logic to it, and then you try to make a logical argument, that's flawed. I think mean, that's the only thing I think we're talking about. We just got to agree that there's a flaw in it, because if you hear pundits out there, they're trying to make all these logical reasons why these teams are When The only logical way to do it is when you've got to be in the field. It's the only way you can really solve it. Because there are so many times in playoff systems that all this stuff we think is right, but when those teams get together, regardless of all that stuff you say, somehow they figure out how to win. And that team that you thought was soft figured out how to get it done. And so I'm glad we're moving to that system but I think that is, is part of the hypocrisy that we see in college sports. Having said that, I need to have you make your pick, and I appreciate that, what you brought to the conversation.
0: Okay. I like Arizona State. Enough said. Six and one in the conference. I've, I've, been okay. a, I've been a fan of theirs all year. I do college pick them. I rarely bet against them. They've only burned me once this year. I like Arizona State. And hopefully, Shoot, I'm going to pull a Phil T real quick, just real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up PhD. I hope you hear me this time. I, too, have questions about the BCS. <laughs> <laughs> <Gotcha>. You know <laughs> I said that several times in my statement. <laughs> I will
1: say this. Uh, you you kind of got me thinking. Just what you just said. I was about to go with UCLA. I probably should, but I, I'm I'm gonna since you the guest, you kinda of help me since I'm up anyway, I think I got a little bit of play to go with. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Arizona State. They said I like the way you said that. I'm gonna go with that. Baylor, we just talked about Baylor. We got and we got we got Oklahoma State. We 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 got we got one of them the Baylor gonna try and just run you over a bit physical, run the plays. They trying to just they like the they like the college version of old Portland Trailblazers. just physical like beat you up in the parking lot and out uh, 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 uh in on the field, but they're going against Oklahoma state. I go with you, Justin. you do the college pick up you got this thing
0: going come on pick it up I hope hopefully, hopefully you in the audience caught my deep sigh here. <laughs> uh, this is the literally. To be honest, it's the toughest game of the year. Yep. I, I called, I, you know, I called USC over Stanford last week. You know, I call. I, oh man, I called some tough ones this year. <sighs> I really like Baylor. I know it kind of contradicts what I said when I just in the last segment when I said uh, Michigan State will beat Ohio State and, and Oklahoma State could beat Baylor, but I can't bend against Baylor to me ever since RG3's been there, it's almost like betting against, I don't want to go as far and say the Miami Heat, but if you look at what they're doing to teams this year from an offensive production standpoint, Baylor's just putting up more points than everybody else. And I don't know that Oklahoma State has the stamina to withstand all the points that Baylor has the ability to put up. I've listened to a lot of their coaches' interviews, and I really think he's got it. He's got a system, no matter who you plug in there, Next man up, and when you replace a guy like RG three, and you still have that same consistency, I, I'd argue that this new guy he's enhanced what Baylor's done since RG three, and for that reason, I'm going with the away team in Baylor.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go to Phil because I know he's he, he, we, we reduced him to the six seven response, so I'm gonna let him six second response. I'm gonna let him say what he got to say who you going with.
2: Uh, I like Baylor, I really do, but, you know, one of the things you all mentioned, I think Justin mentioned it before, is that the BCS typically weeds out and works most of the time, um, and because, like, one of the reasons it works is because typically you don't have, like, right now we have six six undefe- un- undefeated teams in Division <clears> One <throat> and FBS, so um, I think this is a week when Baylor Baylor loses, and for that reason, I'm going to take Oklahoma State.
1: Mm. Mike Gundy is a guy that gives you a lot of clips. Uh, anytime you're playing in a, a, a boom-picking stadium <laughs> in Stillwater, Oklahoma, he got a art... Was it Bryles coming? I mean, this is like that old Baylor. I mean, the names in this game just throw you back. This is like old Big Eight. <laughs> the names the <laughs> Southwest eight. Conference. It just feels so old school, but they new school in it. Man. Yeah. Phil hit a good one. Justin, you made a good one. In these big games, because I've been winning, and sometimes in the big games, I think the home field makes a difference. I think it's going to thin out. Somehow this is going to end up Florida State, Alabama, or Ohio State, one of them going to be in. And I think Baylor, this is where you need to find out are they ready to be here, are they here to play for a while. And these are the kind of games they should be winning if they're here to be the big dogs for a while. I just think boom, in Boom picking Stadium. They get an L. I'm going with Oklahoma State.
3: Mm. I, so y'all I know left I'm me out per- on an island.
0: Y'all left <laughs> me out on an island with Baylor and uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Colts, duly noted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We, <laughs> but I, I really feel you on that Baylor thing. I just feel like, yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel this is going to be one of those situations where. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be hard. I I think both of y'all made really good points, and I I think uh, that we got. We're talking a lot about college sports. You know, this is also the time. It's usually around Thanksgiving. We're starting to wrap the season up. We're getting closer to these uh, conference championship games. Heisman talk is picking up here. Um, Banquet time for these teams, these great players who are going to have all these awards. Um, And, you know, Jameis uh, 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 Winston, you know, he came on with such maturity and public image and everything else, and, and now we have this issue that's around uh, sexual assault um, uh, and, and what's happening uh, there in Tallahassee, um, something that was filed. Uh, they, they weren't going to go... Um, They weren't going to forward on the charges for what the understanding was. Then these things reoccurred here recently. Um, Tell me, give give me a a sense about how you feel about the coverage of this. Um, What's the impact uh, in terms of what you think in terms of his Heisman standing? Um, uh, How do you feel about this? Phil, I'll, I'll start with you.
2: I feel like it's way too premature right now. We don't have any facts. All the talk this week has been how um, there's there's been a fair assumption, I think, that some Heisman voters or enough Heisman voters will not vote for him because of this. And, and unfortunately, I I think that will be a shame because there's just not enough information out there right now. It isn't. We ran into this a couple of years ago with Cam Newton, and um, in terms of having scandal tied to his name with the Heisman voting approaching. And with Cam's situation, it wasn't sexual assault. Um, it was, you know, obviously money and, and receiving illegal benefits, um, says the NCAA. And, again, there was no resolution with that. And fortunately, Cam was still able to win the Heisman because he was the best player. And I think right now, without all the, uh, you know, without the cloud that the situation has brought, Jameis Winston probably, you know, is probably the leading candidate for the Heisman right now. Although, aside conversation, I think Johnny Manziel is the Heisman. Um, can't believe I just said that, but I just did. So, so unfortunately, I think we're jumping to conclusions. This is something where the young man wasn't even charged. Um, at least that's my understanding of it, where the charges were dropped, one of the two. And um, you know, I, I think it's a shame that this thing is hit. Um, like, this was not supposed to come out, but it is out. And we don't know the facts, but people are willing to jump to conclusions. And, and I don't think that's fair.
3: Justin.
0: I couldn't I couldn't agree more with PhD. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was so eloquently put. Uh, you know, I I really think it's it sad that our our athletes, our our young African American athletes, get such. Let me digress and just say these are the views of Justin Page, not RSG Radio, Real Sports Guys, or anything. Without going into too much detail in my own personal views, but I just want to put that out there so I don't put the show in any negative light. But I really believe wholeheartedly that, you know, this brother Winston, yes, there may have been a situation where he had relations with a young lady and whatever happened, they both know and it's going to come to light. But I think that because of the story, because of the negative I don't know the negative content of the story. I just think he's guilty in the court of public opinion, and I and I think that that's wrong. I don't think I think it's awfully coincidental that it comes out when when the uh, action took place in 2012, but we don't hear about it till one month away from 2014. It it doesn't happen till this brother has reached great success, and he's he's being talked about in the Heisman race, and you know, it, it, if it's been suppressed for so long, I'm hoping it's not coming up in a malice way and it's coming up because it was a legitimate claim, and, and then let the justice system weed it all out. But you shouldn't be guilty in a court of public opinion. I, I You know, it just it, it seems a little fishy that it came out, how it came out, when it came out and that the charges were somewhat dropped or not really investigated. Like, it, it just seems like it's too many what-ifs for it to even be relevant today. But because of media well, – go ahead.
1: Yeah, think what I'll add, there's layers to this. And so you know, one of the things I, I would hope that the alleged victim doesn't become the story um, because there's so many layers of how these things come out, so there is, you know, you have a official police investigation, but you have a whole different uh, judiciary process on campus that doesn't follow any of that. Like it, it doesn't have it doesn't have the same type of level of uh, scrutiny in terms of how you can get access to information, how you do it. Every campus has a process for sexual assault in the way they investigate. So there could there could be some things that may not have been more legal in terms of the kinds of things that would happen if you had um, a a, a prosecuting attorney uh, handling it uh, versus a district attorney handling it um, versus, you know, what might happen in terms of a dean of students and the campus then. So there's so much when you look at a sexual assault, so many layers of what might be known in different venues, then I think we have to really uh, reserve judgment about motives. You have to also reserve judgment about even a role that Jamison played or he didn't play. The the, part, the, the the hard part about this is that it gets it gets kind of coupled into this kind of Heisman talk, which is really something that's around evaluation on what you do in the field of play. But it did this image thing. So, the hard thing about this is, you're right, it's timing. You never know. It may not. And some of the stuff may have nothing to do with the alleged victim. It may have to do with other people who are in the Tallahassee community. So it, there's a lot of layers to this that's unfortunate for everybody involved. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, for him, you know, he has to figure out how he's going to handle himself under this spotlight. Um, I think voters, you know, at the end of the day, they have to be able to vote on what he's done in terms of his play at the end of the day. I think that's the only way they can evaluate this. And the investigation, however it goes, um, that shouldn't influence at least how they vote on him because I don't know decisions are going to come down by the time people, I think, uh, get votes, unless I'm missing the timeline. And so um, there's too many layers to this, and it's unfortunate that timing becomes you know, anybody who's worked on the college campus, there's a lot of layers to this. And so you start putting in this kind of uh, media machine, it uh, can go a lot of different places. So it's unfortunate, but it, it appears that we have more and more of these stories. And so um, we can probably go into this uh, for a long period of time, and maybe at some point we will have a discussion about it. But I appreciate the uh, perspectives uh, that were brought by, by uh, to this, and we'll keep an eye on it because uh, it will shape, uh, and I'd love to have, a Ph.D., uh, you did mention Manziel as someone you think is a Heisman. I'd like to have you elaborate on that um, because um, a lot of people have been making a case, even outside of this, that people have been making a case that that Manziel has been doing an outstanding job and should be really pushing in for this Heisman. Why are you one of those people, if you had a vote, that you would actually put him in there?
2: Well, had they beat Alabama, it would be the same thing that happened last year in terms yeah. of men's stuff. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think it is a popularity contest. I I <clears throat> think we get too caught up in who beat who. And yes, that matters. It does. But if if this award is to the best player, I think you look past that. If this award is to... You know, it's it's similar to the MVP conversation we have a lot of times.
3: Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it
2: the best player in the league, or is it the most valuable player to their team, or is it the best player on the best team? Those are three different things, I think, or maybe two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if I said the mm-hmm. same thing twice, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. Do, do your thing, man. Keep they're, they're certainly not the same thing. And so when you look at Manziel, And his numbers are not as gaudy as they were last year. But still, if you look at Manziel, his numbers are still, you know, probably top one or two of all college football players this year when you kind of weigh everything apples to apples. But Mm -hmm. because they lost to Alabama, we don't think about him in the same way, even though if you look and see what he did against Alabama was pretty special. and I have not been Manziel's biggest fan. I've been critical on the young man's actions. Um, That's right. But, but at the same time, I do recognize that he's 20 or however old he is, and he's a young man, and he's making mistakes. Um, <laughs> you know, I certainly made mine at that age. And But at this point, I, I don't think you give the Heisman to McCarran just because he's led, you know – if they win this year to three straight national championships or three out of four years. I don't think you give it to Winston just because, you know, we're excited about a freshman being so successful on a great team. You know, right now, if I had a Heisman vote, it would go to Manziel. Can I ask one the
3: persp-
0: question?
1: Go ahead.
2: What if, what if A&M loses to
0: LSU and Missouri in the next two weeks, but yet he puts up 500 yards each game? Gaudy numbers, but they lose and they end up, what is that, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, eight and four. Does he still Should he still be the Heisman Trophy winner at 8 and 4? Uh,
2: that's a great question. And I think I would, uh, I certainly would not be as gun ho as I am now, so I would say if he finishes the season at 8 and 4, probably not. Um, but I do think if going into the bowl season, um, you know, his team is 9 and 11, or I'm sorry, 9 and 2, uh, which is a possibility you're tending to going into the bowl season, you know, I think we should give him seriously consider like serious consideration, especially considering that he is playing in the big uh, i'm sorry in the s e c um uh, but if they were to lose um another game, I don't know another two games yeah i uh, I don't think I'd vote for him then
1: this is a good conversation um we will um you know we're gonna get into this a little deeper, and uh, I love to have Justin. I love to have you back. I want to hit, since Justin says we have you here, we want to hit a little bit of uh, uh, what we were uh, talking about in terms of the uh, in a, in a, in a NBA, um, and get some of your just your early thoughts on the NBA, Kobe coming back. Some of just uh, as our NBA. Insider here on RSG. Obviously, you've shown that you're also a college football insider. We got to try to bring you back on something different on that one, uh, showing on your versatility. And I definitely appreciate that. That's what makes us a real sport guy. We got cast that just they bring stuff out the game, you know, you know that that come with something different. I just discovered. See, I didn't I, I caught that. So I'm gonna bring you back on something else. I
0: appreciate uh, that. I, I
1: love that. I love that. But uh, sum up here in in the next few minutes. Just, some of the observations that you had in the NBA, you know, with Kobe coming back early, some of the things. But just give me a sense of how you feel about this season so far.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, there's no more exciting time of year than this year, uh, uh, this fall, the fall. You've got college football. You've got the, the tail end of the NFL season. And you've got the ramp of the NBA season, which is my favorite season by far. Um, I think that that the excitement that the NBA builds with the parity in the leagues this year, you know, Eastern Conference is up for grabs this year. You you, you want to think, like back in the day, everybody knew the Chicago Bulls were going to win it, and that's how you have been trained to think about the Miami Heat over the past two, three years or so th- with three straight finals appearances, back-to-back championships, can they 3 However, Indiana's, is stepped right up there and they 're just as tough as Miami they got just as much depth, if not more, and they expect to be there at the end. I think the intrigue in the Eastern Conference between uh Indiana and miami is is spectacular and and it's it 's something to watch and monitor all year long. I think the emergence of of Paul George as to me uh, i 'll make a bold prediction and say he 's the now the third best small forward in the NBA behind LeBron and KD. Melo is taking a step back, and Paul George is taking a step forward in that regard. Um, I think that's been proven this year, and over the course of the postseason last year, I'm really intrigued about that. I think the the Western Conference and the parity in the top five teams is up for grabs. Memphis is tough. Clippers are tough. Uh, Spurs are, are, are solid like they've always been. Uh, Oklahoma City. You can't count them out. Russell Westbrook came back early, and, and obviously, you know, I talk a lot about the Lakers, who who have not quite proven to be what they've been in the past. But Kobe's back at practice now. That that tandem of Col- Kobe Gasol, the familiarity, the chemistry. I really think they've got the potential to make that eight seed and and just make it a little bit tougher on whoever is the one seed. Uh, if Kobe come back, can come back healthy and get a six, seven seed, he could surprise some teams and possibly move on to the second round in the playoffs, and I think that's intriguing as well. I think I, I'm just excited about the NBA season. I'm watching highlights while I'm talking to you guys. My, my Hawks lost to the Heat tonight, which was to be expected, but Jeff Teague is playing out of this world. He'll be an all-star. Man, you, you should have gave me more than eight minutes. I can go on and on and on, but for the sake of the show, I'll digress to you fellas.
1: Well, I, I, and I want to give you, I want to give you, uh, and before we go here in the dog of the week, uh, d- just a little bit about Kobe. You think he's coming back too soon? You think this is the right decision?
0: No, Kobe's earned Kobe's earned the right to do whatever he wants. Uh, he's earned mm-hmm. the right to make the decision what's best for his body. And Kobe mm-hmm. would not come back if Kobe was not physically able and ready to come back. There's very little wrong Kobe can do in terms of his body. He's been in the league 17 years. He he's played in in numerous playoffs, multiple Olympics. He he knows his body well enough to say, you know, he pulled himself. He shot his two foul shots after he tore his Achilles, which is is remarkable. But he knew he couldn't quite go on. I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Rip Fox on NBA mm-hmm. TV last week. It it was it had me mesmerized. with with the, with his greatness and his uh, you know, his acumen for the game. He knows his body. He's ready. If he wants to come back, he should come back. If he thinks he can help his ball club, I definitely think he can help his ball club because I, I, I can't bet against the guy. Um, how he'll be in the first month coming back, I don't think his conditioning is there so I don't think he'll be as effective as the Kobe that we've seen in the past, but I definitely think he'll he'll help the team from a leadership standpoint, from a points production standpoint. Uh, he'll help Paul Gasol, relieve him from, from some of those double teams, and I think you'll start to see the Lakers in the flow come January, February, March, and on into the season. I don't expect much from him early, but I think it'll help them get over the hump late.
1: Well, we appreciate it, and we're about to pay some bills. Now we're going to get into our Resistance
2: Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit
1: margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to
2: PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at, sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today.
1: All right, fellas, so you know how we do it. Uh, we're gonna to go to our special special guest, Justin Page. Uh, who is your who's your dog of the week?
0: You know, you guys got me on here as an NBA guy, so I'm gonna stick with my league, stay in my lane, my NBA, my my professional dog of the week will be that of Kevin Love.
3: Right. You guys,
0: you guys remember some some time ago, I, I told you guys the best number five overall pick in the NBA drafts in the past decade is Kevin Love over Mr. Dwayne Wade. And I stick to that story, and the man averaged double-double for last week, 16 rebounds, which is remarkable, over 20 points, which is unheard of, 50% from three-point range. My dog of the week for last week, Mr. Kevin Love, Minnesota Timberwolves. Give it up for the UCLA grad, Kevin Love. All right.
2: We
1: need more dogs.
2: I'm going go to go college football, uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite sport. Um Jordan Matthews, <laughs> that was a joke, y'all. Yeah. That, was, that was a
3: joke. <laughs>
2: um, Jordan Matthews, wide receiver at Vanderbilt. He's the SEC player of the week. Uh, 12 catches for over 140 yards. Vandy beat Kentucky. I know you must be wondering, why is this noteworthy? Well, this is uh, the third, this win made Vanderbilt um, bowl eligible for the third straight year which if you, you don't think Vanderbilt and college football in the same breath typically. Um, James Franklin has done an excellent job there, and he's going to be one of the most sought-after coaches either this, or this offseason or the next. Um, remember that name his Coach James Franklin, but the dog of the week is Jordan Matthews, a wide receiver. All right, now,
1: we need more dogs. And for me – You know I love boxing, and uh, my dog of the week is uh, Andre Ward. Uh, He came back after uh, a long layoff um, for a victory over Edward Rodriguez, who was undefeated. Uh, It was the most physical fight. uh, (laughs) The referee got hit. Uh, He had to (laughs) pull it together. But Andre Ward is just, uh, he's just precise. He dominates. Uh, I just love watching him. I, I'm just looking for some more big mega fights where he's going to be in. I just appreciate him uh, in the way that I appreciate Mayweather. Um, I just think he's just the ultimate professional. Um, and he's a great champion. So Andre Ward. This has been good. Justin Page expanding his game. He's letting y'all know. Follow him on Twitter. Hit him up with your Twitter handle again, Justin.
0: You, you got Justin Page 80, as in Justin Page 80, or RSG Justin Page. Check me out, and and the D wills mm-hmm. don't ever mention anybody in the in the same contents as Ford Money Mayweather. He's the best and baddest; can't be compared to anybody. <laughs> Justin Page, RSG, let's go. <laughs> well, well,
3: well,
1: we'll talk about that later. I'm, I'm gonna bring you back for that one, but then uh, and, and we got Bill T. PhD. He's like I'm telling y'all. He's like uh, Dr. Dre of the group. He's actually a deep man behind the scenes. He makes sure the album is right before it comes out, brother. It's always good to have you on the show Didn't appreciate it. Uh, for all of y'all, keep hanging with us. Check us up on the downloads. Go to realsportsguys.com. You can reach me at rsgdwils uh, on Twitter. Uh, come follow us. We'd love to have a conversation in between the shows. Take care. Until next time.